Live from Leighton Buzzard, this is The Late Show with Holly King-Mand. Hello everyone, good evening and welcome to The Late Show with me, Holly King-Mand, live in Leighton Buzzard, um, talking all things nutrition, fitness, wellness and getting you in a good position to get through the bleak January and February ahead. Live from Leighton Buzzard, this is The Late Show with Holly King-Mand on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. So, hello everybody. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Um, all of that jazz. How are you all feeling back at school? How has the last couple of days been for you if you're a classroom teacher? Um, why not join the conversation over on Twitter or even in the Podbean app? You can talk to me through the chat directly into the studio or even call in if you'd like to. What have the first few days been like? Has it been a smooth running affair for you all? Is everybody um, working together with a really clear vision to get through the next couple of months together? Because let's face it, the January January blues and uh, and February can be quite bleak with those uh, dark mornings, uh, dark afternoons, cold weather. Um, a lot of stress as well with all of the COVID restrictions that are in place for everybody and the lack of um, resources to, to cope with that as well. Are you in a good position or is it a bit stressful for you all at the moment? I'd love to hear what is going on in your classrooms, in your schools. For me, though, I am, as many of you will know, an online English teacher at the moment. Um, haven't been into a well, I haven't been teaching in a classroom for a little while now. Um, but um, I do remember those days very fondly, and I can only imagine that everybody is getting themselves organised for for the term ahead. Um, so, what is new over here in Leighton Buzzard? Well, as I was banging on about in my last couple of shows before Christmas, I did switch on the Leighton Buzzard Christmas lights. I'm still harping on about it. It is still <laughs> right up there with one of life's top achievements. Um, and then, of course, we had the nice wind down, um, a little break from Teachers Talk Radio, a little break for me from my online teaching in Holly's Classroom and then Christmas with my family. So I hope that all of you got a chance to have a, a safe um, and enjoyable Christmas with those you love. So what are we talking about this week? Well, I think I've made the, the theme of the topic quite clear, um, but if you missed just the beginning of the show, I'm going to be talking about beating those January blues by considering nutrition, wellness and fitness to get you in the best possible position to get through January and February. And if you get into those really good habits and routines now, um, then you might save yourself a fair bit of bother down the line. Uh, so our first caller is somebody who didn't always prioritise their 
wellness above work and that had an impact on on them of course it would could it does does for all of us I've gone through great periods of my career where I've just given up on trying to have a lunch break and just cracked on with the work or did extra duties for an extra few pennies in my pocket um, but it isn't always the best course of action and it doesn't always um, lead to better outcomes in the end. It is really important that um, you're not pouring from an empty cup and especially so at the start of a term. So our first caller is um, is Sue from Redbird Tutoring. We're going to be talking to her in just a moment and um, she's going to tell us a little bit about her experiences and how they led her to consider um, that balance that we all try to find. So hopefully Sue will be joining us in the studio in just a moment. Uh, but until then, uh, why don't you let me know by tweeting using the Teachers Talk Radio hashtags or tweeting me directly at Holly's Classroom um, and letting me know about how you prioritize um, wellness and work and how that works for you. Do you have a proper lunch break? I hope so. So Sue, if you're there, you'd like to come and join me in the studio. We'd love to start talking about your, your experience. I think we might have Sue. Hello, Hello Sue. Sue. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm excellent, thank you. Oh, it looks like we've got a little bit of feedback. Let me see if I can work this out. Do I need to do something? No. I... Possibly. Okay. <laughs> it's always a great start, isn't it? Getting the technology just right. Let me see what I can do. Okay. Um... I don't know. Is it, is it better if I turn you down a little bit? I'll need to be able to hear you, obviously. Hello, Sue. Hi, hi. Can, is that ah, okay? Yes, I think we've got, I think we've got it now. Oh, so, right. <laughs> apologies for that, Sue. So, thank you so much for coming on to speak to us this evening okay. um, and sharing a bit about your, your experience. So why don't you start by telling us about your um, teaching career and, um, and how you found your way into teaching and, and um, what you taught. Yeah, okay. Um, I I qualified in 1995, about 200 years ago now. And <laughs> that, uh, so I wanted, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but people kept saying, oh, you'd make a good teacher. So I, that's that's what I did. And I, I did, I loved it. I loved it. And um, so I taught in various schools, mostly down in Sussex, that's where I was living. I went to university in Brighton. Oh, oh so did I. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, we definitely need to have a chat. We uh, certainly do. <laughs> that obviously. Um, then, uh, so then I did various things. I went around the world for a year, and then I worked in Italy. So that was interesting. A, a bilingual school over there. Um, then I came back, and you know. Uh, and within that time, I'd had various roles, managerial roles as well, head, you know, um, heading up uh, literacy mostly. And um, yeah, so busy, 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 busy time. But yeah. 
And you found your way into teaching. Was it primary, secondary? So what, primary. Subject? So, yeah, I, I, um, I worked in primary schools obsessively for most of my career. Um, music, music, performance arts, music, um, English, they were, they were my, they were my things really. Excellent. Good choices, Sue. Good choices. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, um, they kept me busy and I, I, well, things I loved, you know, um, I, and I used to do clubs and all sorts, all sorts of stuff, um, around that. Yeah. And, 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 uh, how did you because you know we you've come on this evening to yeah. to talk to me about you know that prioritizing yeah. um your wellness over your workload maybe and you know and and how was that for you were, were you always good at it or were you not good at it or did you terrible. peak and trough <laughs> terrible <laughs> I think um, most teachers are, aren't they? <laughs> thing, especially sort of in your twenties, I suppose you just think you're in, invincible, you know, invincible, and 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 exactly. And um, yeah, I remember because I don't think I particularly skipped meals, but my, you know, I always went for the quick fix, you know, caffeine and chocolate, and um, you know that, you know, bit of a rubbish sandwich at lunchtime, and then you know just living on your wits but that doesn't sustain you for a no. of time but I don't think I really changed all the time really while I was teaching I don't think I really looked after myself ne nearly as well you know but I, I you know exactly what you said in your introduction you know you're snatching time here and there um you're you're not going to the toilet you're not you're definitely not drinking enough I know that in hindsight mm. um, and you know you you prioritize it because you know you got your afternoon lessons coming up so what do you do do you do you sit in the staff room and have a a relaxed healthy meal or <laughs> do you get your next lesson ready it's really it's those sorts of choices, isn't it? It's um... yeah. It almost is a little bit of a you know. This sounds quite dramatic, I suppose, but a life or death situation, isn't it? It's like, am I going to be able to plan, gather my resources so that I can deliver this lesson after lunch? Yeah. Or if that doesn't happen, and yeah, I might have a nice lunch. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, then everything's ruined. You're going to have a rubbish afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe a, a conversation with your line manager. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it, it, you know, that does sound dramatic, but that's that's what it's like. And I know that's what it's like. And, you know, there will be people listening. They're like, yeah, that, that's exactly what it's like. I don't you know, we yeah. have got quite a few people listening um, live through the Podbean app um, this evening. So if that's you, um, you know, there is the um, live chat in the um, in the studio switchboard. So just let us know. It, does that sound familiar? Is that you? Are you somebody that goes, cripes, I've got 15 minutes until my next lesson. Yes. I really need to trim all of my resources. <laughs> I haven't had anything to eat, been to the toilet, drank water, but that will have to wait. Is that you? Um, let's see what people come back with. Um, but Sue, so so how long did you go on like this? Well, I don't think I really started looking after myself until I, so I gradually left um, the classroom full time. I gradually went through, um, you know, going more and more part time and, and I felt 
at that time, well, I felt pretty broken at that time, to be to be honest. Um, I was extraordinarily stressed. And when I'm stressed, I don't eat anyway. Mm. So, of course, it was this vicious cycle. Um, and, you know, and it, and it it was having the time out um, to, to, to think about food, to think about my myself mm. um, and to be able to prepare and, and, you know, all those. It's headspace, isn't it, to be it able to consider those things. It is headspace. And I think also as, well, as women and as teachers, I don't know, I, and I, you know, I just know that from networking with lots of women. Um, but I think as teachers generally, we we don't put ourselves first. And I'm, I, you know, I was always, oh, you know, I I was always a bit under the impression that self care was was selfish. Um, mm. But actually, you know, in my wise old age, obviously that's that's rubbish. But it was there in my head, and I think. I think that's part of it, you know, that I've got to put the children first. I've got to put this first. Um, but actually, of course, that old saying you can't pour from a from an empty cup is, is absolutely true. And, you you know, if if anything, going back, if, if I could talk to my younger self, that would be, you know, bear that in mm. mind every day. It's so true. And it's, uh, I, you know, it's one of those things that I wish I could have said to myself, during the times that I was most stressed in my my classroom career uh, oh. but my husband's a teacher and I have to tell him all the time Why? you can't pour from an empty cup yeah. and that's it, it's really interesting that you say self-care feels selfish when you're a teacher because we're very giving by you know yeah. by the very nature exactly. of us yeah. but it's it's completely the opposite and it is so important that I that we prioritize that self-care, that looking after ourselves, that filling of our cups, um, yeah. those the various cups, um, so that we can deliver our very best for yeah. our students. I think. Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree. You know, you're not you're not doing them a service if you're ill or you're on your knees or you haven't got the brain space to to prepare or you know just be present. Really, um, you know, if you're running around and your your head's in your you know, whatever uh, it's in. Um, <laughs> I put a, uh, my own list of assessment marking bar. But if you're not, if you're not present with the children and you're not feeling well, then um, you know you are. You're doing them a disservice and and yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. So um, in the the in the studio live chat um emma tells us that she went to 20 minute lunch breaks during the height of the pandemic and now that they've returned to their 30 minute lunch breaks they feel luxury um i I think we can all um empathize with that the idea of a 30 minute lunch break being quite um quite generous uh, if you allow yourself to take it and and you should i mean what's what's the average lunch break time that you've been allocated in the, the schools that you've worked at sue I think we've always, I, I think I've always had an, um, the, the, the difference was when I was in Italy, I was, but I'll talk to you about that in a minute. But um, when, um, I think we, I've never had less than an hour, I don't think. Um, but you never take it, you know, that's just a, as, a, you know, once once you've got into the lunchtime and once you've settled in, um, you, you end up with, you know, 10 minutes 15 minutes I think I don't think I've ever had you know 
that I sort of allowed myself, you know, after 20 minutes, oh, you know, I better better go and sit down and eat something. When when I worked in Italy, they had the lunch breaks were an hour and a half, 90 minutes, and you weren't expected to do any wow. work. Wow. I know, right. <laughs> 90 was, minutes. Right, 90 <laughs> minutes. Because they had a three-course flipping meal, sit-down meal. So the kids <laughs> well, that is very Italian, isn't it? I'm, very I'm surprised Italian. they didn't give you a, you know, a put-you-up bed so you could have a little nap after lunch. Yeah, right, so <laughs> pasta, pasta with every meal, um, you know, it was all served up. Part of the thing, we, you know, we served it up. They sat at tables and... Then, then they had an enormous break where we were outside. It was just how it was, and and it was it 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 just felt like an eternity. Um, but did the was there a you know across the the different nationalities um, in your in the staff team? Yeah, were there certain nationalities that found it a bit sort of long and uncomfortable and and felt they had to get on with work or that it was just a bit too much? and other nationalities who were really cool with it and it was actually part of their sort of working culture was there a, did you notice a difference or not really well yeah but definitely definitely the, Ital- uh, the italians would were, were you know their, their meal times are are very much um well, big, sacrosanct aren't they They're, yeah and uh it was just how it was um i just remember when I first went over there, just kicking around, like, what on earth am I going to do uh, for all this time? This is crazy. Um, but yeah, very, very different attitude. Uh, yeah. And then how? What? How did that contrast with when you returned to the to the UK? What do you, I think, you, had you got into that rhythm of ninety minute lunches? Or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, obviously, that didn't translate very well. Um, when you're back to uh, squeezing everything into to that hour, I saw someone someone's put an, an hour. I think secondary schools certainly don't always have an hour, do they? At at, uh, at lunch times, um, but uh, primary generally has an hour. I think. Well, I think it takes a, a bit longer for the the little ones too. I mean, my my eldest is four, and you know it would take her easily an hour, I think, to to you know eat a packed lunch. Bless yeah. her. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they'd they'd get through much of their lunches if they were if that was sort of shaved down to to twenty minutes or so. And then you've got you've got the the shifts that go with lunchtime to um to try and get everybody through. Mm. But I mean, Ali has said in the um in the studio chat that she can get to 3 p.m. before she's been for a wee or yeah. you know, had a drink or eaten her lunch and that I can really empathize with yes. I I know I was that person I would wait until three o'clock and sort of you know bosh everything out in in 30 minutes and then get back to work yeah. I mean is, is that something that that you know you did as well or, yeah, or were you yeah. more no, no, no. You know you, that that time when because some people are like three o'clock end of the day, then go home, maybe work at home. But you know others. No, I think I think by the, by the time I got to like three o'clock, I was shattered. <laughs> so I, was like, I, I needed to stay or um, busting for a wee by that point. <laughs> toilet, you need to eat something. You haven't drunk anything. I've got cold cups of tea all around the classroom and and. And no water has passed my lips. Um, yeah, definitely. And you know, trying to trying to rehydrate and then and then crack on for the next couple of hours, trying to get as much work done as possible, really in in school time. Yes, I, ju- I just I just looking back on it, it's craziness. You know, I know for yourself, you've come out of the classroom as well. And when when I hear what 
<laughs> when I remember what it was like and when I hear mm. what people are, are, are prioritising over their their health, it's, it's criminal, really. It is criminal. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, like you say, we're both out of the, the traditional classroom, yes. if you like. Yeah. Um, and those those thoughts of, you know, those days of, you know, countless coffees before school even started, yeah. you know, really holding that we in all day, yeah. um, not eating. And even when you do eat, like I, I found quite often I would be eating rubbish you know yeah. I would grab a pasty you know on, on the way to school if I had if I had time um yeah. and I would be you know frantically eating that five minutes before period five because yeah. just felt a bit you know dizzy um yeah. you know I just wouldn't treat my body and my my wellness in that way you know and now, I, on reflection. I think you learn a lot from having done that and then coming out the other side you look back on it with with horror almost yeah and I, I just don't think you can sustain it for you know I know you've, you've been teaching uh, a long time as well and I think you, 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 your body just gives up you know it starts to to complain and and um you know I'm pretty sure that the migraines that I've just coming out of actually but I had for a good 10 years I'm pretty sure that was an abuse of my my body and not looking after myself and um I'm pretty certain that was a that, that, you know a byproduct of that and that mm. you know that stress and you know not looking after myself physically and mentally and and you know nutritionally I think I think that's def definitely taking its toll. I'm only really coming out of it now, starting to look up myself. Well, I mean, why don't you tell us, was was there a, a turning point or did you gradually make changes or, you know, and, and uh, how did you get to where you are now? Okay, so uh, I, just having that headspace, like, like we said before, really started because I knew I should be eating better and having that time and headspace was really important. But, but my migraines got so bad that, that, that I'd started losing like a day um, and fairly regularly, like a fortnight. Uh, and I was you know bedridden. I couldn't do anything. So um, I had to make changes. And I, so I've started um, exercising. We've got a dog, uh, 18 months ago and that that got me out and about um I started um doing a bit more meditation mindfulness and so so what I do now is is um I have a company a business called um Redbird Tutoring it's a tutoring business but it's very much taking the children from that point of well-being and and part of that is that we we feed them um so uh, at the center the you know part of us trying to get rid of as many barriers to these kids learning as possible is that we provide them with fruit toast um hot chocolate which is a big winner for the young <laughs> i bet <laughs> so they're like hey no money no <laughs> academic stuff we get hot chocolate um but but i know you know we when we first started we had some um we had some kids that were coming for two sessions so that's nearly four hours and they hadn't had they hadn't had any breakfast um so you know and i know from teaching in areas that kids would turn up at school with without having breakfast you know you just give them stuff you just that 
you know, they aren't going to learn anything if they're starving hungry. Um, so, so yeah, so building that well-being and, and nutrition is, is very much part of, you know, our everyday stuff now. That's a really interesting parallel there that, you know, not prioritising your own wellness and well-being yeah. um, led you to come out of the classroom, rethink, you know, your your skill sets and your, yeah. you know, your passion for, for teaching yeah. and now apply that prioritising well-being and, and wellness and nutrition for, for your students. Yeah. Very much so, you know, and, and we 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 practice mindfulness as well. And you can imagine some 16-year-old lads are not, you know, like, uh, goodness sake, mindfulness. But I know <laughs> they do it before their exams. I know they do. But, but we, um, it, I know how important that is. I know how important it is to be in the right place to give your absolute best. Um, and so we, that, yeah, that that's one of the sort of cornerstones, if you like, of, of what we do. Um, it's very it's very important well it, I mean it sounds wonderful and it sounds like um, what you're doing at Redbird Tutoring is is sort of almost a niche and it shouldn't be and I think we all know it shouldn't be but you know it's yeah it, it's a tricky um, it, it, it's a lot for you you know your your I'll say a regular teacher in a regular school mm. environment to be able to incorporate into their day their week their school routines because it's just so frantic all the time and coming out of that I think allows you like we've said a few times the the headspace to reflect on that and Mm -hmm. I guess learn from that from that experience yeah um so let's see I I wish I could talk to you all day but I I ran packed in the the guests that I had this (laughs) evening after my, my last show before Christmas um I only had two guests and then one of them couldn't come on air so I had one guest for the whole show right fortunately she was absolutely fantastic um but I was slightly nervous that it would happen again so I'm I, I wish we could talk to you for a bit longer but um I'm just gonna have to finish by asking you um like I do all of my guests who um who is your favorite teacher and why oh I think that's gonna have to be my very the head teacher of my very first school when I was at lower school in Kempston um Mr Smith and he was brilliant and uh he thought it was okay for me to play on the football team and he and it made such a fuss at the time that the local press came out um oh, he was fab oh wow sounds sounds like a great guy <laughs> yeah. um so thank you so much for joining us oh. and um it, you know if anyone's interested in what Redbird ch- uh, tutoring does um I, I guess they could find you on on social media yeah yep 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 just put Redbird tutoring in we'll, we'll pop up my little smiley face I'll be there excellent excellent thank you so much Sue thank you. okay thank you take care bye-bye uh so that was Sue that was a really um a really good start point for for our discussion this evening to consider actually what it is that we're we're prioritizing in our daily work life as teachers and maybe if there are some changes even if they're just quick fixes that we can do to put ourselves in a better position for these uh difficult months ahead shall we say um oh no you there we go we almost closed the show early <laughs> Uh, we're not going to do that. Uh, 
so uh, I'm going to go over to the, the news and the sponsors in just a moment. And after that, we will be speaking to Menina, who um, is our, well, all I can say is that she's a fitness and wellness guru, really. And she's going to be talking to us about morning routines, positive attitudes, exercise, um, and some things that we can do to, like I said, put ourselves in a, in a good position for the term ahead. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, Follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This weekend, the 8th and 9th of January, the Eton Project is offering free entry to all in the education sector. Ice skating is still on and all is free if you bring your proof of employment with you. A payslip, photo ID, name badge or membership card are all acceptable as proof of employment. Teachers, teaching assistants, school, college and university staff and home educators all qualify for free entry. Schools in Mozambique have been adversely affected by terrorism. According to ADRA, the Adventist Development and Relief Agency, only 8 out of 17 districts in the Cabo de Lago region have operational schools. Since 2017, according to the report, 46 schools have been vandalised and 173 forced to close. To date, eight teachers are reported to have been killed in Pemba, the capital of Cabo Delgado. Schools in the province are expected to open on the 22nd of January, but it is thought that persistent terror attacks might derail this plan. In Syria, Ramadan Darwish, director of the Centre for Educational Measurement and Evaluation, revealed that the number of dropouts in Syria over the past 10 years exceeds 1.1 million students. He said that it would be a significant challenge to bring young people back to education if they had joined the labour market. 
UNICEF estimates that 2.1 million children in Syria and 700,000 children in neighbouring countries are deprived of education, while a further 1.3 million students are at risk of dropping out of school. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Hello, welcome back from the news and the sponsors. Uh, thank you very much for joining me this evening. It's The Late Show on Teachers Talk Radio and I'm Holly Kingman, live from Leighton Buzzard. And we are talking about beating the January blues by prioritising wellness over workload. It's a hard thing to do, um, but we've got some great guests lined up for the remaining hour of the show to give us some top tips and um, allow us to draw from their knowledge and expertise. So in the studio, I have with me um, Menina. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, so would you like to start by telling us um, a bit about your uh, background and your, um, your area of expertise? Of course, yes, I would love to. So I am from Finland and I met my husband in, in university in Amsterdam and that's kind of how I ended up in England. <laughs> that's just my first bit, I better explain that. Um, and I I, actually, I have a business degree, but, after, but I've always loved sports. Like my whole life I've done lots of sports and I've always loved them. Um, so I decided to become a personal trainer after I had my first child because um, I just thought it would probably work quite well with the children and my husband's long working hours and all that. Um, I also added wellness coaching to my business about four years ago and I absolutely love that because I can not only help those people who live near me, but I can also help those people who are further away from me. So I feel like I, I can inspire so many more people with this online um, a group as well. I'm also at the moment doing a positive psychology course, which I'm hoping will give me even more tools um, to help um, to help people. And I'm like, I'm super passionate about just, you know, not necessarily just about the weight loss on all of those, but about helping people to feel confident in their own skin. And I really believe that when you are confident in your own skin, you will achieve all the other goals too. Well, I mean, that sounds like something teachers probably need uh, a fair bit of right now. Um, that, that, what, what's positive psychology? That sounds really interesting. Yeah, so it's kind of like, instead of like, it's kind of not concentrating on a problem, but concentrating on like the solutions and how to kind of, just kind of bringing the positivity into it, like different, the, different way you can use the words and how you can kind of, well, solve problems with positivity, and instead of like really concentrating what's wrong, you can concentrate what's good, what good things are around it, and then you can try to kind of turn it around. Okay, well, I suppose that's kind of what we're doing in this um, radio show this evening. You know, yeah. we've got we've got the problem of um, teachers not, you know, prioritising having breaks and eating and going to the toilet and you know having good sleep. We're trying to actually redirect that to having some really good new um routines and and um sort of you know goals to uh prioritize themselves above above their work so i mean what do you think teachers could do to to start um putting themselves in a in a better position and prioritizing their wellness 
It's really funny because Sue said about about you can't pour from an empty cup, and that's exactly what I've written down in my notes. That I <laughs> that. Perfect. I know it was so funny because I'm like, we really do. It's not selfish to put yourself your wellness first because you cannot pour from that empty cup, and um, and you can't keep serving others if you're not looking after yourself. And I know your teachers just work so hard and you work such long hours, but I really would highly recommend that, you know, write down things that you enjoy doing and those healthy recipes you like, you know, enjoy eating. And if you find things that bring you joy, then it's much easier to commit to them and it's easier to follow those ones. It's easier to take a healthy lunch for work to work if you actually like it, isn't it? Like if it, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. I mean, if you don't like, you know, plain, I don't know, chickpeas, and I'm trying yeah. to think what, what would be healthy but not particularly enjoyable for me. But if you're going to take a, a tub of that into work for lunch, you're probably less likely to take it and eat it, but more yeah. so if it's, you know, a delicious fruit salad or whatever might float you. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, to- absolutely. Like, there's so many amazing recipes and ideas, but, like easy ones that you can do. Like, I'm all about simple things in my life. I don't have much time either. And so I'm trying to make healthy eating simple. I'm trying to make simple, like, changes in my life. Like, for example, you could, I know you, um, if you have a busy morning, but just by writing down three things you're grateful for, or three things you are proud of, um, or three things that happened yesterday that made you smile and just kind of like send, changing your mind the very first thing in the morning when you wake up. I think those things will kind of set the tone for your whole day. And it's saying, you know, just keeping it simple, just making little changes, adding maybe a handful of salad in your lunchbox if if you don't want to have a whole massive big, big salad. But, you know, just little tiny things and you can change your whole day, I think, just slowly. Little steps will make a big change. Yeah, I mean, I, I like what you're saying about um, maybe making, you know, three things that you're you're grateful for in the morning. Because yeah. I suppose that sort of thing puts you in the right mindset for the day. Because if you, you know you're getting up and you've got a really busy day at work and, you know, all of the stresses that come with working in a school environment in a pandemic and, you know, you might be fearful of that or uncomfortable wearing a mask all day, all of those things. If you can get yourself in the right mindset to start with, and maybe not focusing on the problems at work, but on all of the great things in your life. Yeah. I mean, that's only going to help you, isn't it, to get through the work day and, and well, yeah, feel better. Absolutely. And I think it really is. I think like our mindset is so important, isn't it, how we deal with things. And and obviously you have all these children around you in a classroom. And if you're anxious and stressed, of course, they will feed on your energy, don't they? So if They you do, yeah. Like, you know, manage to kind of... Think one of the good tricks I learned recently was that every time you have a negative or worrying thought, you could just try to you kind of recognize that thought. Okay, that's a that's that's what I'm worried about. But then straight away you try to think of something positive or something that makes you happy. And it doesn't mean that you're trying to avoid the problem you need to solve, but it just means that you get a bit of, you know, happiness back in your brain again and just thinking, like, actually, things are not that bad. It's fine because that thing still makes me happy. And I know I've got to deal with that thing. But, you know, it's not just all about those things that stress me out or um, there's lots of good things around you. So 
I think that's quite a good thing as well. And you can quickly do that even in, a, in the front of a classroom. I think, you know, if you start feeling quite anxious, you know, just looking at those little faces that are smiling or a beautiful, <laughs> like, a, like, a, like an artwork on a wall or, or something. I love your outlook, Menina, because, you know, I have taught classes where there, lo- there are lots of lovely, sweet, smiling faces yeah. looking back at me. But I have taught my fair share of classes where I've got, you know, um, a dozen sort of angry yeah. teenage boys <laughs> staring back at me. <laughs> Very true. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a lovely approach, and and I think you know, teachers, we we know this. They very much, like you said, they they feed off off our mood, and um, and they learn some of these practices from us. You know, if they're mm. a class that we are teaching every day, you know, if we are sort of modelling that focusing on positive things and being grateful for things you know that that vibe is only going to sort of spread throughout our classrooms and that that's got to be a good thing it's got to be good for for them as as well as for us yes um so have you got any other tips for us what other tips do I have? I think one of the things I wrote down here is like, don't put too much pressure on yourself. I think we all do this, don't we? Like we, we put so much pressure on ourselves, but we really just just like, remember we are only humans, aren't we? So it's really like, we can't always be perfect. We, we cannot be super w- a woman every time and, and women. And we just got to, you know, if we make mistakes or if we have those days that we don't feel like skipping around because we're so happy, that's actually okay. Um, so I think just accepting those feelings, like I said before, I think it will help you actually get over them quicker. So not trying to push them away, but just quickly dealing with them and just saying, mm-hmm. it's okay that I feel this way. How can I turn it around? Um, I think that might be quite a good tip for. Yeah, and I, I suppose that's the whole mindfulness thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. accepting how you feel in the moment and, and not trying to sort of run from certain feelings or thoughts, but just sort of accepting that that they're there, that that's, that's fine. And, you know, I'm going to focus on being positive or, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be instead instead um so ali has um uh, messaged into the studio saying that um she thinks having people around you who aren't in teaching who can check in with you and whether you're looking after your well-being um is, yeah. a, is a really good good tip as well um and she said you could suggest a walk or a run together um or she said send you a wee care package um and that made me chuckle when I read that because I I initially thought she meant like because we've been talking about teachers not getting a chance to go for a wee (laughs) and I wondered whether she meant you know a little packet of tissues and maybe some sanitary towels and (laughs) a little sort of mini milky milky way chocolate to enjoy in the loose um but no she she means a small care package um (laughs) Uh, she says in the middle of term I barely have my head above water and those people checking in really support me and keep me going um I think that's really a really really useful and valid tip from from Ali there and I'm I'm sure you agree Menina having you know a good support network around you um those within your work environment so your school or you know your your um department but also outside of the classroom like having other people it's so easy to get sucked into what you're doing when it's the first thing you think about in the morning and the last thing you think about um at night so if you're if you're a teacher listening to this and you're thinking yes I'm that person who is 
you know, I just about keep my head above water during term time and I don't speak to any of my family and friends as much as I should, then maybe this is a really good time to connect with them and say, look, check in with me every couple of weeks or can we schedule to go for a run every every other Tuesday evening, for example, um, to to make sure that that you have got someone who's checking in on you, who's who's on the outside, I suppose, because they yeah. see things differently. Yeah, and I think it's really good to be in different environment, like you said, as well, isn't it? It's good to hang around with people who do different things and and you know you all then and you can help them as well that you know we all have our problems and everything like we want to get things off the chest but I think it's also really helpful when when you when you can be the person who helps someone else isn't it like it makes you feel good if you give someone advice yeah and, absolutely it goes yeah it goes both ways mm. yeah <laughs> Ali's comment again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, she's saying that she's from Northern Ireland, but a wee package is a great idea too. So actually, do you know, I might actually this might become a thing. Who knows? Inspired by this Teachers Talk Radio show this evening, a wee package. So if you've got a teacher friend, get a, get a small little, well, not a small envelope. Get get a decent size envelope. Pop in there, packet of tissues, um, some sanitary towels if you're going to be giving this wee gift. Um, to we package to a female uh, or anyone actually we I'm sure there's anyway we're going down the the route now of everybody having a little leak every now and then so yeah. probably move away from that so um do you have any other tips for us I mean is there anything else that we can do um so I like to talk um, about goal setting a little bit because I think that is quite a good tip as well is that okay if I go for oh, the Yeah, goal? yeah, sorry, I lost you for a second. But yes, that's yeah. that would be wonderful. Yes, let's yeah, talk about goal setting. Yeah, because I think because I think whether it's a big or small goal, I think this will hopefully help, you know, to, you know, help you all to get through these next few months that are dark and and all that. But I think when you set up your when you set your goals up, I think it's very important to think about goal that actually really matters to you. Sometimes we have, um, we quite easy, like if someone next to us wants to lose a stone or, or wants to run 5K, it's quite easy to say, okay, I'll do it with you. But I think if it doesn't matter to you that much, you're not. it's really hard to keep it going, isn't it? And mm. it really, really has to mean something to you. And and there's few questions that you can ask from yourself if, you, if you've been struggling to commit to something, then I've, I think these questions might help you to... Um, to to think whether it's actually a good goal or whether you need a different goal is um, why do you want to achieve this goal? What would it mean to you to achieve? It's like, how would you feel? Like if you close your eyes and visualize yourself achieving these goals, like how, how would you feel? Would you be happy? Would you be relieved? Would you be like <laughs> never again? Or would you be like, I'm so proud of myself. And, and how would achieving this change your life and those around you? Because I think we all know that, don't we, that unlike where there's a classroom or family, like like I said before, if you're anxious and stressed, people around you will feel that too. So I think every time when we commit to a goal, that it's not actually just an outcome for you, but I think it's outcome for everyone around you. Um, so I think that's quite good to take into consideration as well, isn't it? And you can see the how, because if it makes you very happy and very, you know, proud, then that's, that will happen to people around you as well. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I have sometimes we when we aim for the wrong goals, like I've spoken so many times about this with especially women, how they avoid being in photos because they're not happy with themselves. They're not confident in their skin, so they never want to be photos. Like I know lots of people who have hardly any family photos because they just hate themselves in front of camera so much. 
and it went and it came to the point we had this chat and I was like so basically it's not that you want to lose weight but you actually are stopping making memories here because you're so unhappy with yourself and to be honest when you realize how deep down all these reasons go why you're not looking after yourself that why you're so afraid of maybe failing if you start something and and doing all that I think that's that's when it touches you the most and actually you will find a way to find time find energy and or and tools to achieve that goal because you know that actually I want to be in those photos I want to have memories and I I don't want to sit on the side when my my kids or friends go and do some activities I want to be involved in that so I think things like that are really good to consider when whatever goal you set, whether it's big or small. Yeah, that's that's really interesting and really useful advice for not just for teachers, for, for everyone, but mm. to really think about picking goals that mean something to you because you're going to be far more inclined to make, you know, to reach those goals, to make that happen. Mm. Um, really, really, really sound advice. So, um, look, I, this is been a great chat um, and really useful as well I'm sure a lot of the teachers that are tuned in live this evening have really gleaned some great um, advice and suggestions from you but before you go Manina can you just uh, tell us who is or was your favourite teacher and why? So my favourite teacher was my my PE teacher. <laughs> no surprise there. I know. And, and I really wanted to become a PE teacher because of her because she really helped help my confidence and and my enjoyment of exercise and I really loved those lessons and it made me realize especially now that I'm older and looking back at it I think it's so important to have someone like that to show you and encourage you to be active because I think sometimes those lessons can be a little bit boring I, I've, I've had boring PE lessons and that's why people might net, might not like exercise or fitness because they kind of relate to that those some of those lessons maybe yeah those awkward um uncomfortable PE lessons yes, when you're when yes. you're a teen yeah so um I think she really has changed my my life in a sense that I've always wanted to be someone who will help other people to feel confident when I'm older so yes she was definitely my favorite teacher Oh, lovely. That's really nice. Uh, right. Well, um, it really has been a, pl- a pleasure speaking to you. And, um, you. you know, if anybody's interested in what Menina does, then, um, you know, I'll, I'll share Menina Fitness details um, on my social media pages. Um, but Happy New Year and, um, and all the best. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Uh, so uh, that was Menina uh, talking about goal setting, positive attitude, um, you know, morning routines surrounding being grateful um, and just some great tips for prioritising your wellness above your workload. Um, So next up into the studio, we have um, Dominique Bell, um, who is a well, another wellness guru. And she's going to be talking about similar things to Menina, but with... um, talking as well about exercise and and fitness and and other ways of um of putting yourself as I keep saying in the best position to get yourself through January and February um, and to prioritize your wellness above your workload Uh, but uh before we speak to Dominique I am going to go one more time over to the news and the sponsors and um then after that we'll hear what Dominique has to share with us are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. 
created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics. Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondlelettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This weekend, the 8th and 9th of January, the Eden Project is offering free entry to all in the education sector. Ice skating is still on, and all is free if you bring your proof of employment with you. A payslip, photo ID, name badge or membership card are all acceptable as proof of employment. Teachers, teaching assistants, school, college and university staff and home educators all qualify for free entry. Schools in Mozambique have been adversely affected by terrorism. According to ADRA, the Adventist Development and Relief Agency, only eight out of 17 districts in the Cabo de Lago region have operational schools. Since 2017, according to the report, 46 schools have been vandalised and 173 forced to close. To date, eight teachers are reported to have been killed in Pemba, the capital of Cabo Delgado. Schools in the province are expected to open on the 22nd of January, but it is thought that persistent terror attacks might derail this plan. In Syria, Ramadan Darwish, director of the Centre for Educational Measurement and Evaluation, revealed that the number of dropouts in Syria over the past 10 years exceeds 1.1 million students. He said that it would be a significant challenge to bring young people back to education if they have joined the labour market. UNICEF estimates that 2.1 million children in Syria and 700,000 children in neighbouring countries are deprived of education, while a further 1.3 million students are at risk of dropping out of school. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Hello, welcome back from 
the news and our lovely sponsors. You are listening to Teachers Talk Radio. My name's Holly Kingmand and this is The Late Show. And this evening we are talking about beating the January blues by considering nutrition, wellness and fitness and exercise and everything that you can do to put yourself in the best position to get yourself through January and February. And that means prioritising your wellness above your workload. Uh, now, our next guest this evening is Dominique Bell, and um, she's going to be talking to us about uh, planning for the day, setting routines and goals, and also about caffeine and fizzy drinks. Uh, so, hello, Dominique. Hello, Holly. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us this evening. You're more than welcome. Uh, so um, I've just noticed actually we have got listeners tuning in live in Ghana, um, in Southern California. This is has turned into a bit of a global show this evening. So um, I'm hoping that the advice that you can share and that Rachel can share um, is going to help teachers well, all over the world. So um, why don't you start by telling us about um, Dom Bell Wellness and um, what it is that you do? Um Thank you. So I set up Dumbbell Wellness during lockdown. Um, it's always been a dream of mine to be a personal trainer. I've got a background in fitness. Um, I've been off doing other things. Um, and since having my kids, I've come back to it. Um, and I teach swimming as well. But I also wanted to bring into, like, it's not just the exercise side of it. Um, with helping people, it was like your mindset as well um hence the title dumbbell wellness because i want to incorporate both um and that's kind of what i aim to do with the people that i work with okay and um what sort of people come come to you for um personal training and help and support do you, do you get any teachers or is it just a really wide mix of people um, the, the, funny enough that there is a mix but i actually run a boot camp at one of the local schools and there is quite a few staff from there um, oh really along, which is really nice um so yeah and one thing they love is that my boot camps I usually run outside um and they love the fact that we're outdoors and actually just getting fresh air and being in nature especially when they've been indoors all day um so for them yeah it works really well so I mean uh, that's what you've touched on there's something that you know it's a small thing that teachers we don't think about very often that is quite difficult and it's that being inside from we we you know we don't start work at nine and finish at three we're often in in school in the classroom 7 30 right the way through till maybe 7 30 in the evening um and that's a long time not to get any fresh air do you think you know it, how important is fresh air I think it's really important um and I know just from my own personal experience that when I get stuck in a rut and I just feel like I'm agitated or I want to get out just going for a walk clearing my head having a, having a walk but also getting that fresh air and just being in a different environment really helps um yeah and it's just again it's a change of scenery as well isn't it <laughs> yeah absolutely it's, it's, you're not going to do yourself any favors if you're sat staring at a screen or you know at the whiteboard um all day long so um why don't you start by t giving us some some tips when when uh, we we're discussing the show this evening. I asked if you could maybe prepare some top tips for teachers. Um, what, what can you? What, what should we do? Tell us, Dominique. How, how can we we make things better for ourselves? Um, so I've written quite a few bits down. Um, I think my main one really is 
well, the, the first one is planning for the day. So like pre- prep the night before. So lay your clothes out so they're ready. Um, if you wanted to do a workout in the morning or, I mean, I'm kind of overlapping here because I was going to talk about routines as well. So it's kind of both. But um, like for in the morning, I do like journaling and meditation um, and write out gratitudes and things. So I always Do, put, like, do you spend a long time on that? I mean, is that something that a busy teacher can incorporate into a, you know busy early morning routine absolutely I mean I literally I get up in the morning I've got three young kids so I get up and I give myself half an hour before they get up um to literally I have a drink um I do I set a timer on my phone of five minutes to brain dump um literally all my thoughts whatever's going on in my head I just write for five minutes and just get it all out and then I have a 10 minute meditation I listen to and then I sit and write um, and I think Menina's just touched on it as well. I put um, four things that I'm grateful for from that day and one thing from the day before. Um, and I give myself half an hour just in case like the kids wake up or something. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, even like 20, 20 minutes, not even that, you, it's quite easy. It's just getting up like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes earlier, you can incorporate that. And I always have like my phone next to my bed with my um, earphones so I can put the meditation on and listen to it, my journal and my pen. So I literally just pick them up and do it. So you just do it from bed? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's uh, that's sounding even more achievable for, for me now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some, some mornings I do get up and my other half works night, so I can do it in bed when he's not working, if he's work, if he's at home, sorry. Um, then I'll come downstairs. But yeah, but even then, yeah, it's quite a few minutes and I literally put them by the bed um, and then I lay my workout kit next to it so I can just get get out of bed and get changed put my workout gear on if I'm if it's my day to do a workout um and then I have my clothes ready for the day um laid out and I always meal prep as well so that obviously that's what I think Menina touched on that too um it's another good one is to meal prep beforehand so you've got it all ready the night before and it you you're not just grabbing stuff in the morning so I mean it, do, you, do you does that help you have a clearer mind for the day do you think to Absolutely. Yeah. I find that if I go to bed knowing that, that all, that's all in order um, and then the next day I get up and I go, right, this is what I'm going to do. And it just sets me up for the day and it helps me just feel better in general. Um, and I know a lot of people that I talk to that do similar sort of routines, mm. they find it really helps them too. I actually find like now that you, you say this, it's it's not exactly the same, but I, um, not every evening, but most evenings I set out my three children's clothes for the next day so if it's preschool uniform or if it's one's going out to the zoo for the day with a childminder or or whatever that may be and I actually sleep better when I know that that's all sorted out the night before and I think it's because I the back of my mind I don't have that panic that in the morning if they're waking up grumpy or if they've had an accident in the night I you know you you know you have that sort of sudden change of plan in the morning where you're being pulled in all directions to know that sorting out all of their clothes is done I definitely rest better I get better sleep from doing that definitely and I'm yeah I'm exactly the same I do the same with the kids as well and I think it it helps them because they know that it's ready and they know what they need to do when they get up as well sounds a bit mm. regimented in our house actually but <laughs> it works well <laughs> well it, it does work I've just put these little hooks actually on the on the wall in my older two they in their bedroom um and now they know in the morning they get up, they've got their little hook, 
get themselves the the two-year-old tries not so successfully as the the four-year-old but they yeah it's you have to be regimented though if you're busy whether you've got children or not if you've got a busy lifestyle or a teacher lifestyle you know you, you have to have control over your daily route of what you're doing to be able to get through the day I think yeah definitely um so any other tips for us um so other ones that i've written down is that um you need to be filling your cup up so making sure that you're doing things for you and whether you set aside five minutes a day half an hour whatever time you've got um to do something that you enjoy that's solely for you whether that is going out for a walk in nature um meeting up with friends that you enjoy spending time with um painting your nails you know even just washing your hair um what something solely for you that you can just have that time where you know that that's time for you I think it's really important um what sort of impact does that that have I think it just it gives you that better mindset of like and you just feel a bit more positive I definitely feel more upbeat and energized when I do that because I think then I've done my bit for the day and I can focus on everything else and I can only imagine the teachers that you know they're focusing on however many kids in the class and everything else that's going on it's not just the time in the classroom um yeah so we think... we take it to bed with us as well I've, I've spent many yeah. sleepless nights worrying over other people's children so I can see them. why yeah that would be useful definitely and even um before bed saying that I do a meditation before bed because it helps me switch off um and I'm trying to incorporate, and it's something maybe I don't know if people enjoy reading, but another one you could incorporate is to switch off phone and like read something or watch something on telly or whatever that just helps you to completely switch off from life as it whatever's going on at a time, or even a yoga routine or something. Um, and then do a meditation before you go to bed. That's another one I find really helps um, with sleep. Wonderful. Um, any any other standout tip for us or um the other one I've highlighted is um setting boundaries so obviously everyone's time is limited time is busy and things at the moment and even I I think sometimes teachers are kind of the forgotten key workers I think they're overlooked a lot or just teaching staff in general people working in schools um but the amount that they have to do is to set boundaries when people keep saying can you do this can you do that well actually no like just learning to say no and saying right I'm this is what I'm happy to do but I can't do everything for everyone um and not just at work but in your personal life as well no I've like you know if you've planned to have half an hour having a bath or something and someone says oh can you just do this well actually no I've set that time aside for myself to have a bath and prioritize those things that you've said you're going to do for yourself yeah that's uh, I mean it's hard to do isn't it but it's so important and and that takes me back to our first guest Sue when she was saying that you know teachers we often think self-love is selfish and because by the very nature of what we do we prioritize other people but you can't really do that very well if you haven't first prioritized yourself so teachers if you're listening you really must make that time to like Dominique says paint your nails read a book go for a walk you know whatever it might be that little snippet of time for you I'm, I'm saying this like I I do it and I definitely don't do it so I'm, I'm definitely going to be taking that one for myself um now you gave something up last year didn't you 
I did, yes. Um, Why don't you tell us about what you gave up last year and um, the, the impact it's had on your life? Yeah, so I um, had a, I'd call it an addiction to fizzy drinks, um, energy drinks, um, caffe- caffeinated drinks. I know a lot of people drink co- coffee or al- drink mm. alcohol. Mine was fizzy drinks, my advice, I suppose. Um, and I've tried to give up before and I was, I didn't. I kind of did a few days. And a lot of people were saying at the end of 2020, oh, I'm going to do dry January and I don't really drink. So I was like, mm, I can't can't really do that because I don't do it I thought you know what I'm going to do a fizzy drink version of dry January um so I set a plan of doing just January um and the first couple of weeks I found it really hard um there's a lot of side effects like headaches and I suppose it is withdrawals really um but after a month of doing it I thought you know what I've done a month I think I'm going to try doing two months and i did two months and I thought "Mm, I can do this I'm going to do six months and when I got to the six month mark I thought do you know what the amount of headaches and um that that I've had for I think it was about four months the first four months I had headaches of like wow is it for that long it was a long time yeah but because I kept pushing past it after that I thought do you know what I can't go back to doing that um and I've I managed to do the whole of last year actually um and I was so proud of myself that on New Year's Day, I said to my other half, I'm going to, there's a ginger beer in the fridge and I love ginger beer. I've done a whole year without one. I'm going to try, like, just try a little bit. And I literally have one mouthful and I said, I can't drink that. It's horrible. Wow, really? <laughs> it's literally, yeah, it's amazing. Um, but I mean, the, the headaches alone, I just couldn't go back. So I couldn't go through that side effect of it. But it's just when you have caffeine in general or anything high in sugar, you have that initial, um, like oh this is amazing and you feel really good but sort of it you crash and burn really quickly from it so it's literally you're constantly peaking and then dropping really quickly and it's not that has an impact on your mental health as well um and I think I've noticed such a difference over the last year from just giving that I mean I've, I've done other things as well so I'm sure it's all relative and it all um interlinks but it's um yeah it's definitely helped me and I think it's one of those things someone said to me that don't make it a new year's um resolution make it a new year decision and just changing that word really helped me as well because I thought no this is what I'm deciding to do I'm doing this for me yeah I like that a decision rather than a resolution um and they're essentially they mean the same thing but Absolutely. The, 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 the thoughts and feelings we have attached to those two different words are obviously quite different. Um, so if there's a teacher out there that feels like maybe they are drinking too much caffeine or um, they're wanting to make that change, I mean, is it healthy to just stop or is it preferred to gradually cut down? What's the best way to um, find your way out of a, let's say, a caffeine addiction um, in all honesty, I think it's down to personal preference. I'm very much like if I'm going to do it, I have to cut it out. But, you know, if you reduce the intake, then it probably the side effects wouldn't have been severe, as severe for as long. Um, I think, you know, you've got to do what works for you. Hmm. When I was um, uh, definitely drinking too much coffee, but when I was having a really stressful period of my career, maybe six or seven years ago um I decided to cut out caffeine and um, I used to always stop at the little sort of coffee bar in the next to the tube station when I arrived at work 
Um, and what I did was um, buy a hot chocolate instead of a latte with an extra shot um, every morning for the first two weeks or so. Um, and I know hot chocolate, not, not particularly good for you, um, but just still having that time doing that so that I suppose that was my little thing for me that you know every day I just pop in there talk to the guy have the coffee take it with me having a hot chocolate instead I was able to cut out the caffeine but not necessarily have that big gaping gap in my life where it had been up until that point and I found that quite quite useful wasn't a long-term thing though I'm I'm definitely a bit of a caffeine hound (laughs) these days but um but so um before you go Dominique and thank you so much for sharing your your expertise could you tell us who was your favorite teacher and why um so my favorite teacher was probably my the deputy head at my secondary school and she was my history teacher Mrs Spurrier um do you know what I don't know why she was just a lovely lovely lady um she just had a real warmth about her and you probably would have, I hope she's not listening, but a lot of people probably <laughs> looked at her and thought, well, she looks a bit of a like mad old lady, but she was just so nice. Like she had her own dress sense. She was totally different and out there to everyone else, but she was just a really lovely lady and just time for everyone um, and always made us smile and laugh. Lovely. So, That's yeah. really nice, Dominique. Um, so look, thank you so much for, for joining us. It's much appreciated. Happy New Year. Thank you. Um, right, that was um, Dominique Bell um, from Don Bell Wellness giving some some excellent advice about giving up fizzy drinks or caffeine um, and routines and, and just getting yourself, as I keep saying, in a better position for January and February. It's going to be a tough term. Um, fortunately, it's quite a short one here in the UK, um, but it's going to be a tough one nonetheless. Now, our next guest, Rachel Fawcett, um, is going to be talking to us about a range of um, uh, different topics associated with um, your wellness and your well-being um, and talking about uh, snacks that you can have in school that are going to really help you get through the day, um, menopause, um, all sorts. So uh, welcome, Rachel. Hello. Hi, Rachel. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. That's okay. Um, so, Rachel, look, uh, you're, why don't you tell us about your professional background and what it is that you do? So I actually went to Loughborough to do a PE degree because I was always going to be a PE teacher um, and then decided I couldn't quite face a PGCE, so joined the army instead. Um, okay. <laughs> thinking, oh, I'll just go back. I'll do it another time. Um, but ended up spending quite a bit of time in the army, um, at which time I did actually do some teaching as well. So I can slightly appreciate that kind of feeling of when you start a term, you know, you, you, you get on the train and you hang on as, as, as hard as you can until, until the holidays kick in. Um, and then, then I got out and did a referred populations PT course and then went on to do a soft tissue therapy and sports massage course. So that, that's, that's the world I'm in now. Oh, excellent. And um, so, I mean, one of the things that you said that you'd be quite happy to talk to us about is um, nutrition and snacking at school and, and lunch. Um, what what advice can you give to teachers embarking on the term ahead? 
Well, I think it's a really difficult time of year for all of us, but but um, but especially, you know, a lot of teachers are quite young and quite vulnerable to the social media onslaught that comes on at the moment. I mean, all we're seeing at the moment is, you know, how to get this is this is the magic diet. This is the food you have to be eating. You have to be doing it this way or you're failing. And I think it's, it's a difficult thing for all of us to live through. Um, the, the one thing that kind of stands out most is, is how we've managed to demonize carbs. I mean, carbs are just, by all mm. accounts, the devil's own food. But actually, you know, all your food tech and biology teachers out there will know it's, it's an absolute critical part of a balanced diet. Um, one thing we do know is, is that carbs are the only fuel that your brain can use. And, and there are paleo people out there that will tell you that the brain can fuel on ketones which, you know, I'm sure that's true, but, but we know the most effective way of, of fueling our brains is, is through carbohydrates. Now, if my kids are anything to go by, you guys are standing up there and you are being bombarded by some fairly intelligent questions by some fairly bright kids. You need your brains to be firing at all times. Also, I imagine it's fairly easy to get grumpy with kids. I know it's fairly easy to get grumpy with mine. <laughs> We're not fueling our brains properly. We can't think properly. We get grumpy more easily. And so we, we come in this world where, where, where we're being told this one nutrient is really bad. But actually, when you are standing up in front of a class and you're not able to sit down all day, you know, you need to be keeping yourself well fueled. And in, in the sports world, we look at kind of nutrient-dense carbs, nutrient-poor carbs, and high-fat carbs. So if you're, looking, if you're eating a lot of nutrient-dense carbs, such as whole grain, um, breads, cereals, rice, starchy veg, lentils, all that kind of stuff, you're getting lots of macronutrients as well as the carbohydrate. And we need these for our general health. We need the vitamins to, to, to keep our immune system going. We need all these good bits and pieces to keep us going. And if, if look at it from from two examples. So um, a few few years back, researchers looked at two groups of dieters, and I know your teachers aren't necessarily on diets, but it's quite a good way of looking at it. One group was put on a diet of 1,500 calories of a balanced diet with nutrient-dense carbs, and one group was put on a diet of 1,500 calories of cream cakes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness, mate. I know. Now, both groups actually lost weight at the same pace because both, really? groups, well, both groups were eating 1,500 calories. Well, and it, yes. It's all about you energy. You lose weight, cal calorific or calor yeah. caloric deficit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's all kind of calories in and calories out. But the cream cake group felt lethargic, dissatisfied, had severe sugar cravings. You guys don't have time to feel lethargic and have uh, severe sugar cravings. You just don't. So what we can learn from that study, even though we're not necessarily trying to lose weight, is that actually if we eat this kind of high, high junk type of, of carbohydrate, we're just not going to be feeling so good. A different way of looking at this is 10 jelly babies will give you about 60 grams of carbs, whereas 300 grams of sweet potato will also give you 60 grams of carbs. Now, what's going to keep you fuller for longer? What's going to keep you more satisfied? What's going to give you the energy to get through the day and, and a few micro, macronu micronutrients thrown in as well? We know it's going to be the sweet potatoes because we can all smash through 10 jelly beans pretty, jelly babies pretty quickly, can't 
not oh, in one go. <laughs> in one go. So you're, you know, you, you're making some dinner or you're doing a roast over the weekend, chuck in a few sweet potatoes and keep them in the fridge. You know, Aldi do some good pouches of lentils, chuck some of them on, you know, add an avocado. And I know that time is of the essence. But if we, if we change our mindset into saying, well, what's on my plate? So when I eat, I try and say, you know, what is this meal giving me? How, how, how nutrient dense is this meal? Um, so if we have a mindset like that, we're possibly less likely to grab a biscuit, which is in the long run going to make us more lethargic and not make us feel so good. Um, another way of looking at it is we talk about the GI food, kind of, so, so how we can get sugar spikes, insulin spikes from, um, you know, eating very high carb meals. But we know this can be mitigated by adding in a bit of fat and a bit of protein. So those spikes aren't quite so big. So kind of looking at, at, at food from, from that perspective is another way of, a good way of doing it. And it's quite difficult for you guys, because whereas I'll snack on things which are quite high in nuts, you guys can't do that. So it's, it's mm, looking for other ways of doing it. Yeah, um, I mean, Rachel, you quite rightly pointed out there that nuts, are, most schools, if not all schools, will have a no nuts policy. So something as, as useful as a quick snack during the day in school as nuts is just not really an option. So, you know, what alternatives are there? What 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 could we be snacking on instead that give would give us the same um, benefits? Being, being quite attentive, I, I kind of make um, uh, little kind of uh, balls of uh, porridge oats and with some cocoa powder in it and some um, desiccated uh, coconut in it and I mix them up and, and I, I, I keep them in my fridge. So when I just want, you know, I hit four o'clock and I'm starving and I'm about to hit the biscuits, I'll, I'll nab a couple of those. I also run with them. I use them as an energy fuel when I'm running. But um, it's it's quite slow release energy, and it just keeps me going till dinner. So there are quite a lot of um, little look, look up any kind of running. I can put give you some links. Some lots of kind of running style snacks, which are based around porridge oats, actually are really good. Or quite often, I just make myself some um, flapjacks with with honey and I put loads of seeds on it, and I keep them in the fridge. And again, when I'm feeling like I need something, and it's something I do send my kids in as well because. As long as it's not got sesame in it, actually, I can send it in with the kids. So when they come out of school and I know they've got hockey or whatever after school, an after school club, they can shove one of those in, down them and it keeps them going a little bit longer. So all those kinds of things are great. Kind of, and again, you can make them at the weekend. And actually, they last, they freeze, make a big batch, chuck it in the great. freezer and it keeps you going. They sound like the, the, it sounds like every teacher needs to be making a batch of these on a Sunday and, yeah. you know, portioning them out for the week, popping them in the freezer, sticking them in your school bag in the morning and, you know, having that slow release energy um, and all the good stuff throughout the day. Yeah. And then, as you said, you know, you're married to a teacher. You know, my husband came in at kind of quarter to nine tonight, but, you know, dinner was, was on, the, on the hob ready to go. If you're also married to a teacher, then actually you, you haven't got that person to come home to, to kind of provide a meal. So if you can just have enough things to keep you going through the day, then actually you've got enough energy um, to, to make a meal when you get in and you're not trying to grab all those snacks, you know, and and therefore kind of increasing the amount of sugar that you're eating. Yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about it from that perspective, that if, if you don't have the energy to come in and cook properly then yeah. you are going to come in and eat 
more rubbish, more which rubbish. is just going to create a, a cycle of feeling rubbish. It ain't great for us. We know it ain't great for us. <laughs> so there's probably lots of biology teachers going out there. Yeah, I know. I, I, I teach the kids this one thing, but, you know, I do something different, as we all do, don't we? <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, the proteins are pretty important. Again, all the biology teachers out there know that it's a basic building block for our muscle, but it also gives us a greater feeling of satisfaction and keeps us fully for longer. Um, research just couldn't understand why the Atkins diet was so successful. You know, it's just not logical, is it? But when they looked at it, they realized people were simply eating less calories on the Atkins diet, you know, energy in versus energy out. Why were they eating less calories? Because less calories were making them feel more satisfied. Now, there are lots of issues with the Atkins model, and, and, and we could go to talk about that all night. But this information does highlight that increasing your protein intake or substituting a protein-based snack for your low-nutrient-dense carb snack can help a teacher who's on the go all day, just fuller for longer. Um, but with anything, you know, moderation is the key. Um, there's also research that links very high-protein diets to alterations to, to nephron density in the kidneys. So again, too much is not great either. That's why balance is quite important. But again, we're looking at snacks. And a lot of snacks are marketed towards the kind of paleo market. So there are lots of things out there which are which they just chuck loads of um, protein powder in. And um, I quite often put protein powder in my porridge in the morning, um, or I put a, a big dollop of peanut butter in my porridge in the morning. Um, again, so will so that help you stay fuller for longer? Keeps me fuller for longer. Yeah, I keep me going to lunch. I can I can put in a two or three hour run, you know, between breakfast and lunch, and and, and be fine for lunchtime. Um, wow. So 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 yeah, it, it just keeps you going. Or if if I'm working, if I'm if I'm if I obviously a massage therapist as well if I've got you know five or six clients in I just don't have time to eat so if I can have something like that a big bowl of porridge with I put a bit of fruit in a big dollop of, um, of peanut butter or protein powder in and it keeps me going forever well I mean that sounds like a great a great tip for teachers to take away from from this end of the show this evening to think really carefully about what it is that you're putting inside you and the the effect that's going to have on you on you know getting through the day and and getting the most out of the day as well yeah. um, another, another quite important point with protein is it's our effect on muscle mass and i'll move on to the um menopause in a minute as we age, our muscle, muscle mass diminishes, especially if we're not exercising or doing specific strength and conditioning. I mean, I see clients who are having quite significant falls in their 30s and 40s because they're just not strong enough. Um, and and as, as a teacher gets a little bit older, um, that muscle mass will start falling off, especially as we go into the menopause because our ability to, to synthesize muscle is, it just falls off. Um, so if we really need to be concentrating on quality proteins as we get older as well, because we just need to be in a position where we're strong enough to cope with life and, and, and good protein intake is really important for that. Um, so I, when we were discussing what to, to cover in the show this evening, you, you, you said that you wanted to talk about the menopause because you felt it was really important, not just for, um, for female staff, male staff, but all staff to, or all people to um, have a better understanding of. So uh, talk us through why you think it, it was an important topic to bring into the show this evening. Well, I think it's really important because I think men don't really understand it and are slightly scared of it. And most women are in denial about it. Uh, I know I am. Um, but it's really important <laughs> to, to, to know, you know, our estrogen goes down with it, our ability to control cortisol. 
um, teachers are stressed enough. They don't need more cortisol kicking around their body. Um, also, we, our ability to process carbohydrates actually changes. So even though we still need carbohydrates, the, our ability to process it drops off during the day. So when you are going to have your carbohydrates, have them early in the morning because your ability to process them will get less and less during the day. I've actually, I'm not in the menopause at the moment, but, but I've started to change the way I eat so that I'm in those habits by the time I actually do um, kind of hit it. Mm. Um, also, reduction of estrogen means you become more in, you can become more insulin resistant. So your body can pump out more and more insulin, which triggers more fat storage and a roller coaster of surges and drops a roller coaster of fatigue and hunger. So as if, yeah, so it's all, it's all, it's all win-win. That, <laughs> that sounds like the teaching day. So, I mean, having the teaching day yeah. and then dealing with the menopause on top yeah. of that must just yeah. be awful. Yeah, it's your teaching day anyway. So, so again, again, looking at the, the low GI, you know, the, 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 the low, um, GI food, so so your kind of porridges, your your things that drip into your bloodstream slowly, so you're not having these big spikes, and you know making sure carbohydrates in, uh, earlier in the morning, late not late at night, and again protein synthesis, your ability to turn protein you eat into muscle gets less and less as you age. Um, it's counteracted by, so effectively we're breaking down muscle faster than we can create it. Um, again, it can lead to weaknesses later on, or, you know, ability to fall over more often, be less stable, which isn't particularly great. Um, so so we, we need to really concentrate on good quality proteins and making sure that our body uses it as well as we possibly can. Well, I mean, sense. that's yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it sounds like a, a wise thing. And it, it, it seems sensible to be thinking ahead. I mean, teachers, we, we plan all the time. That is, yeah. we spend great chunks of our, well, we only get allocated 10%, as you may know. Um, but we spend great chunks of our day planning what we're going to teach. And actually, we need to be planning ahead for, for our health. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not just the food that we're eating day to day but thinking ahead about the impact that that's going to have on on our on our health and where we need to be um so that's been some really really fabulous advice rachel and um a really interesting listen um april in the um in the studio chat said it's been really interesting to listen to this and uh jaja says hi from florida so uh <laughs> we really have gone international this evening so i hope that teachers that are listening um have found this um, really, a, a really useful and positive show this evening to get us thinking about putting our wellness ahead of our workload. It needs to happen. Um, so be before we, before you go, Rachel, and before we tie it up, and I really wish that we could talk uh, some more. But why don't you just uh, why don't you just finish by telling us who was your favourite teacher and why? Um, my favourite teacher was Mr Cook. He was our biology A-level teacher and everyone wanted to do social biology. So that, that, that class was round about 35 people, but no one wanted to do pure biology. So we only had nine of us and we all represented school in some kind of first team. And he was really sporty. So he basically, I'm sure he broke all the rules, but he basically made it really competitive. I bet you can't beat her in that test. I bet you can't get a better, better grade than him. I bet you can't do better. And I'm sure it goes against every teaching practice, but we thrived in it. I think he knew his audience. 
And we all yeah. got A's and B's. You know, he absolutely beasted us through this kind of method of, of competitiveness, <laughs> but we loved him. Excellent. He sounds like a great teacher to have. Um, look, Rachel, thank you so much for, for joining us this evening and um, uh, wishing you all the best and a, a happy new year. And you. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, so that was Rachel um, from uh, Rachel, Rachel Fawcett Physio. Um, I will share links to all of my guests um, from this evening. So if you want to find out a little bit more about what they do or if you heard something really interesting and you just want them to clarify, I'm sure they would be absolutely delighted to, to hear from you. But this sadly brings me to the end of The Late Show this evening with me, Holly Kingman, live from Leighton Buzzard. I really came into this show um, this evening as a complete novice, not really knowing very much about um, nutrition, wellness, uh, you know, exercise, fitness, um, or at least how that could have such an impact on my day-to-day work as a teacher in the classroom Um, but I found this absolutely fascinating lots of great tips to take away um, some real practical stuff that you can actually go away and do and also some stuff that's a bit more food for thought Um, so please do think about putting your wellness before your workload you can't pour from an empty cup Um, you're really going to be doing the best by your students if you're doing the best by you first so with that I'm going to close this evening and um, I look forward to seeing you again in two weeks time for my next show the next late show with Holly Kingman will be on the 20th of January 8pm I look forward to seeing you then You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.